0: our house that we own, we've set up a Christmas tree, we're not going anywhere. We are officially Brainerd residents and we are so excited about that. It's been such a journey to get to this point where we can like settle down in one spot. My wife sick. We've moved eight times since we've been married. We've been married six years. So we've been moving every year we've been married and sometimes twice. Like, it's just been this season of transition. I've talked about this a few times. uh, But even through that season of transition, there was a time about two to three years where we knew our lives six months in advance, like six months chunks. And those dates were hard dates. So, like, uh, in the middle of August, I had, like, job security. I knew I had a job until the middle of August. So end of July... I still don't know if I have a job after middle of August like that was our lives we lived with just this like short glimpse of this is where we're going to be living this is what we're going to be doing and it was incredibly frustrating I don't know about you but we're planners we like to have an idea of what is around the corner and we I mean we don't necessarily need to know five ten years in the future but at least a year would be nice right but we didn't get that. We only had these short chunks, and it was we lived in this season of uncertainty, and it was so stressful. It culminated with a backpacking trip. Now, backpacking, you know, you go hiking in the wilderness, you bring a giant pack on your back, and. Uh, I was a, a camper, a participant on this trip, and the unique thing about this particular trip is the campers didn't get to know anything. We didn't know where we were walking, where, what time it was, what uh, day it was, even where in uh, the wilderness we were. We didn't know when we were going to eat. We didn't know where we were going to sleep. We didn't know uh, how we were going to get water. It was just the season of unknown in a season of uncertainty. I got so frustrated at that. You know when you like got something going on in your personal life and you let that just infect every other relationship? That was me that week. Like I was walking with a th- razor-thin patience that everyone was like walking on eggshells around cuz I was just a frustrated person. We like to know what's happening. We like to understand the future. We like to have this idea of what's coming. It's a big deal when we live in uncertainty, right? And especially when we start asking questions like, "What are God's plans for my future?" Now, what's your reaction when I say that? Some of you might be relieved, like, "Oh, God has plans for me." That's soothing. That's uh, gives me peace. Some of you that's gives you more anxiety of somebody else has plans for me that I don't can control. Like, that's alarming. Some of you might be saying God has plans for me? What? This is news to me. Figuring out what we want for our futures can be hard all by itself. But once we add the question of what does God want for you, it becomes a whole other ball game. Does God actually have plans for your future and if so, Do we get a say in those plans? Do we uh, have the ability to say, I want to do this or that? And how do we find out what those plans actually are? And what if God's plans don't sound very fun or easy or they don't match the plans that we're making? Or I think even maybe a more important question, how do we know we can trust God's plans for us? Because if we can't say yes to that, or if we do say yes to that, if we can say, yes, I can trust God's plans for me, the rest of those questions kind of answer themselves, or they will get answered. How do we know that we can trust God's plans? Well, if you've ever wondered about that, you're not alone. In fact, we're told throughout the Bible of, of people who are trying to understand, to, to trust, and to follow God's plans for them. Sometimes the Bible tells us stories of people who uh, are, do trust in God, and, and the results, they in, uh, experience these incredible, awesome things in their lives because of that. And in other times, we see people that struggle to trust God, and and we see the opposite of the failures in their life. And sometimes, we get to see uh, prayers from people who are reflecting on God's plans for their lives. And so we're going to look at one of those prayers tonight in Psalm 40. So open up your Bibles with me to Psalm 40. It is page... 468. It'll also be on the screens, but this was written by uh, a guy named David, King David. He was the king of uh, Israel. Also think David and Goliath. That's the David we're talking about. And he wrote this prayer when he was reflecting on God's plans for his life. Let's listen and see what he says. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O oh Lord, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. We don't exactly know what situation led for David to write these words. But when we look at them, we can see the effects of, uh, of what he was experiencing. We see that even when life is difficult or confusing, that God can be trusted He drew me up from the pit of destruction and set my feet upon a rock. And we see if we look backward to the past, we can see God has already done so many good things on our behalf. Uh, You have multiplied your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. Even David goes on to say, like, I I can't even tell you of all of them because there's too much. I don't have enough time to tell you of all of them. And if we look forward to the future, we can trust God has so many good things planned. Now, the psalm, this prayer, doesn't tell us what exactly God's plans are, but that's okay. By remembering, the, by remembering that God is trustworthy, that how God was good to him David knew he could continue uh, to trust God for his future, even if he wasn't sure what it looked like at the time. Now, that's really easy to say. Yeah, I trust God for my future. But that's harder to actually do. And In fact, we're told of another story later in the Bible of somebody who struggled with that. So I'm going to flip to Matthew 16. You can follow me if you want. We're going to page 18. 8:22. Otherwise, it will be on the screens. Now, Matthew is is a a book, is a letter written by a guy named Matthew. He has a great name, great name. But written by a guy named Matthew to uh, be an eyewitness account of the real life uh, moments in Jesus' life. So we're looking into what actually happened in Jesus' life here. We're in chapter 16, 13 through 23, and for the sake of time, I'm going to kind of summarize what's happening in 13 through 20, and then we'll read 21, but in, in chapter, or chapter 16, Jesus asks his disciples, his closest followers, who do other people say that I am? Who, what are people saying about me? And, and they respond with, well, people think you're a prophet of old, you're a new prophet, you're somebody who has come to tell people about God. I was like, okay, yeah, that's what, is, that's what they're saying about me, but what do you say about me? And he tells that, asks that to his closest followers. And Peter steps forward and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ. He gives them this, this title, Christ. We often think sometimes that's part of Jesus' name. That's, that's a title that he has. It's this title saying promised one. You are the promised one. I want to even back up a little further and explain what what does that mean. So in Genesis, the beginning of the Bible, when God created the world, he created it good. And he created it so humans could be in relationship with God. And that he had a plan for us, and it was good. But we decided to throw that plan out the window to make our own plans. And we sinned. And we broke the world. The world was broken because of our choice pain tragedy sin entered the world but god didn't just leave us in that he he made a promise way back in genesis 3 that he was going to send somebody to make it all right again and that that person got the title christ And so when Peter says, you are the Christ, he's saying, you are the one who has come to make all things right again. And Jesus is pumped about this, like, yes, Peter, you get it. You understand what I'm here to do. And he, t- he pulls back the curtain a little bit and, and lets the-, the disciples, his followers, in on what's- what his plan is. That he's going to build his church and that Peter is going to be a-, a big part of it. That he's going to help lead the church. And it's this awesome thing. Like, I can imagine Peter is just pumped about this. He's super excited. We don't know because we're not told, but I'm assuming. But then Jesus kind of flips the script on itself and He gives them another picture of of what his plan is, but this time it doesn't sound super awesome. Let's keep reading in verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord. This will never happen. Never, Lord. This will never happen to you. But he, Jesus, turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on things of God, but on things of man. Peter simply could not accept that Jesus would die. That it just doesn't compute for him. His death is so far away from Peter's own plans for who the Christ would be, what Jesus was supposed to do. He came to this with his own understanding, with his own plans. And now Jesus is saying, I'm going to go suffer and die. That didn't sound like something God would do. It, didn't, it certainly didn't sound good, which I find is a little ironic of, of Peter telling Jesus, who is God, what God's plans for Jesus would be, right? But Jesus, of course, knew some things that Peter didn't. Jesus knew his death was actually good news. He knew that through his death and resurrection, he was actually bringing us back into relationship with God. He knew that he was setting all things right again. It was an essential step for for God's plan. For us to be able to be a part of that as well. We can't really blame Peter, though, right? Like, if, we, if we're in that position and we're, we were just told this awesome thing of, yeah, P- Jesus is going to set up his kingdom, he's going to set up his church, and I'm going to be a part of it, but then he's going to go die? Like, whoa, hold on, back up. What is, that's not the plan. I wonder if Peter would have remembered the words that we read in Psalms 40, if, if his reaction might have been a little different. Even, maybe it would have been something like even when life is difficult or confusing, Jesus can still be trusted. And in the past, Jesus has done so many good things. He's seen Jesus heal people. He's seen blind people be able to see again. He's seen the good works that Jesus has done. And because of that, he can trust that Jesus would continue to do those good works in his future. And the the thing about that, what's true for David and what's true for Peter is true for us. It's the same God this who is uh, present with them is here with us. Even when God's plans don't seem like they make sense, they are full of hope and promise for us. You probably aren't going to be able to open the Bible. You're not going to be able to open this book and see Matthew do this, get this job, go to this school That's not here. But what I can tell you is that the Bible tells us that God's plans for us are good and that we can trust him even if we don't know the details. So on this backpacking trip, I'm incredibly frustrated, and it culminates with the second to last night. We have a solitude night where we set up base camp, and then we all go off on our own to have... uh, our own alone time with God for the whole night. We're off on our own, us, God, nature. And I'm angry at God. Like, I am so mad at him and I'm doing that thing of like, I'm giving you the cold shoulder, I'm not talking to you, I'm doing everything I can to, to not have to sit and talk to God. Like, I'm digging through my pack, I'm repacking it, I'm reading the ingredients on my deodorant, like everything I possibly can to avoid having a conversation with him. And that's when, uh, one of the guides, who's there, the guides are bringing us dinner and checking in on us. He comes and, and says, hey, how you doing? How's uh, how's life? What, what's going on? And I kind of tell him what's going on of, of my frustrations, both of the trip and in life. And he made this comment, and it hadn't clicked for me yet until he made this comment of like, huh, it kind of seems like the trip is mirroring your life of the uncertainty and not knowing what's happening and That's interesting. And he's like, all right, well, see ya. And he just walked off, like, dropped that bomb on me It was like, see ya. And I'm like, yes, that is exactly what I'm feeling. And like it enraged me even more. So now I'm just really angry at God. And I'm like, I'm gonna yell at him. And I just start, God, what are you doing? Where are you? I don't do you did you bring me here for a reason? Like, what are you doing with my life? And that's when he whispered just a question into my mind. Who takes care of you on this trip like what what does that have to do with anything who takes care of you on this trip well the guides do who feeds you who brings you to rest who sets up camp for you who cooks for you who plans out the day to get to you where you need to be the guides do and then he followed it up with this question who takes care of you In life? Well, you do. And I began to stop and think back and look back at my life, and I saw God's fingerprints everywhere. He brought us out to where we were, and and even that was him orchestrating things. It was uh, jobs that just fell into our laps that we didn't even have to interview for. It was just, a, hey, you're gonna, you need a job? Come work for us. It was, it was living situations where, that we were brought into bigger and better apartments uh, for less rent than we were paying before. Like It was a better setup. And it, these things that just fell into place that we didn't really have an explanation for on how it worked. I began to see God's fingerprints throughout that. And I began to trust that God's plans for me were good. Even if I didn't know what they were, that he knew. I could just see this picture in front of me, but he could see the future. He knew where he was taking me. He knew what it was going to take to get there. That even if it was going to be hard at times, he was going to take care of me. Now, I'll, I'll say it's real easy to say that when things are going well in your life, the most challenging times to trust God's plans for you are going to be when your world is falling apart, is going to be when things go badly, is when you're struggling to feel hopeful, when your relationships are complicated. Like Peter discovered. Those situations can't be avoided. But God can still be trusted. How do I know that? Because because Jesus came. It's what we're celebrating during Christmas, is that Jesus is here, the Christ who has come to make all things right. Jesus comes to show that God is truthful in what he promises. We also read from Psalms that he reaches into the pit of destruction and pulls us out to set us on solid ground. He doesn't cause the bad things in life. I want to be really clear on that. God doesn't cause the bad things, but he wants to change them. He wants to redeem them. He wants to pull you out of that pit and set you on solid ground. This week, I'm going to challenge you to take 10 minutes a day, every single day, 10 minutes every day to spend some time with Jesus talking about these things, to think about these things. I want you to remember what David wrote in Psalm 40 about how God's plans can be trusted. And I want you to ask these three questions. I want you to think through these three questions. They'll be on the handout I have for you in the back. So grab that on your way to small group. But think through these three questions. What am I wondering, hoping, or fearing about my future? How has God been good to me in the past? And why do I trust God with my future? What am I wondering, hoping, or fearing about my future? Just just write down, honestly, like, what you're feeling, how, what you're thinking about. Sometimes it'll be easy to trust God's plan. Sometimes it'll be difficult. Sometimes you're not even gonna be thinking about the future. Just, it's okay if it changes day to day, but just write down, what are you thinking? What are you hoping for? What do you want to happen in your life? How, the second question, how has God been good to me in the past? Think back on your life. Where has God showed up? This question you might need to help, you might need help thinking through. So ask your friends, ask your family, ask your youth leaders, hey, can you help me think through my life? How has God showed up? For me, it, it took some time for me to look back and, and recognize that. I didn't recognize that right away. So take some time to really think through. The third, why do I trust God with my future? write a short prayer or a reminder for yourself on why you can trust god maybe it'll be something like because god loves me and maybe that's your that's your thing your prayer every single day this week because god loves me because god loves me and that's what you're sitting in that you can trust him because you know he loves you maybe it's because he's been faithful maybe it's because he's always shown up before shown showed showed up before Or maybe you write, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't trust you. That's okay too. Be honest with yourself and be honest with God. I wish I could tell you here's, how you here's the formula for finding God's plans for your life. I wish that I could tell you that they were going to be easy, that things were going to be smooth sailing, but I can't. What I can tell you because I've experienced it in my own life is that God's plans for you are good. Let's pray. Father, Father, we come to you looking for hope. We come to you looking for a purpose. We come to you looking for identity. We come to you looking for all these things that we don't know. We ask that you would show up in our lives in real ways, that we, we would see you for who you are. We would see ourselves as you see us. That we would sit in that truth, that we would know that we are loved, we would know that you have plans for us, and they are good. In your name, amen. Uh, We all have leaders, we all have groups. Go to groups. If you have a question about where you're going, come find me.